This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Feisty, fearless, and fair. Telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Skyrocketing. What a sad testament to the sign of the times. We're going to talk about that tonight on the Rita Cosby Show. Also, Republicans smelling blood with what they perceive as a wounded President Trump. Is that fair game? And also, the January 6th committee says they have some criminal referrals for the former president, possibly, and other people around him. So we're going to talk about that as well. And also, I cannot believe that President Biden made the comment, oh, I've got basically better things, more important things to do than go visit the border, even though he's in a border state like Arizona. He wasn't down in Georgia because his approval ratings are so bad. Even Raphael Warnock didn't want him as he was trying to close the deal and won, as we know, in Georgia for that U.S. Senate seat. So things are not looking great for President Biden, but he's kind of smiling like a Cheshire cat after the win from Raphael Warnock last night. But there's not a lot to smile about when you look at the situation at the border. We're going to talk about that. And also, especially, as I mentioned, skyrocketing crime. This, to me, is such a sad testament to where we are right now. There is a gas station in Philadelphia And if you go online, you can see the images of these guys who are sort of circling this gas station and they're wearing Kevlar bulletproof vests. They're loaded with AR-15. They're loaded with assault weapons and rifles and whole bunch of weaponry. And their job is to protect this gas station in Philadelphia because things are so bad in the city of brotherly love. It's now being called, how sad is this, Philadelphia by a lot of locals. They call it Philadelphia. Isn't that sad? That's how bad crime has become in that city. And people there just don't have any faith in the judicial process. And I can't say I blame them. You sit and you look in Philadelphia. You've got D.A. Larry Krasner, who is a Soros-backed D.A. there, soft on crime. You think about in New York City, you got soft on crime D.A. Alvin Bragg, and we've seen the repercussions of that. Look at L.A. You got George Gascon, another Soros-backed, soft on crime D.A. And what's the common denominator? All these cities are dealing with massive rates of violent crime. And, you, you know, you could have somebody like an Eric Adams in New York or elsewhere where they sit and say, well, we're trying to, you know, get the homeless off the streets and the subways and do all this. You know, it's nice and it's great talk. But unless you have a judicial system that's going to lock these people up, especially those that are committing violent crimes, what good does it do? It's all talk. It's all gobbledygook. So, you know, tonight, what do you think needs to be done 
And are we in a position, basically, sadly, where if you have a business in any major city in America, you basically have to take the law into your own hands. You basically have to hire what looks like a military assault team. If you've ever seen any of the uh, the Rambo films, you know, or, you know, any of the other films with Sylvester Stallone or Steven Seagal, that's what these guys look like. They're like walking around with the big Kevlar vests and the dark suits and the whole, you know, and they're just protecting a basic gas station. But this particular gas station, by the way, um, also had its ATM ripped out. They've been robbed multiple times. And so the owner said, I have no choice. I have to do something to protect my business. I have to do something to protect my employees. And I say bravo to him that he's actually doing that. Um, But it also, to me, is a really sad statement of where we are in this country, that a gas station has to look like basically Vietnam, you know, or Iraq or Fallujah, you know, or, or Bagram, Afghanistan, you know. I mean, how sad is that, that they have to look like they are loaded for bear and that they mean business so somebody will not come back and rob them again because they have zero faith in the judicial system. They have zero faith that the local police can handle it because they're outspent, they're overwhelmed, um, and they're under-resourced. And they also feel even if they do make a bust, guess what? The person's going to be back out robbing them again or their neighbor the next day. And it reminded me so much when I saw these images of what happened, remember, in the summer of 2020. Outside the Saks Fifth Avenue in New York, I remember driving by one day and I was like, whoa, what's that? You know, and it was suddenly it was a whole bunch of security guards that were literally marching around the Saks Fifth Avenue because all these other stores in New York were getting robbed. And we saw what was happening with Macy's. It looked like a scene out of a movie. And there were literally hundreds, if not a thousand people just in a huge like flashbang coming through Macy's, robbing and taking everything. Remember, they went through Brooklyn. They were coming closer and closer and closer to other parts of Manhattan. And if you looked at sort of where the lineup, Saks was right in the crosshairs. It was coming up next. And so I remember going by and thinking, oh, my God, this is like the uh, what is it? The uh, Dispensables, right? The What was the movie with with, uh, you know, with um, Sylvester Stallone and the gang? Uh, that was a great, great movie. I was trying to remember what it is, but it'll come to me in a moment. But that movie where they're like literally marching around like a compound and they're all dressed in black and they all have submachine guns and they all have all of these different things. And that's how they had to protect Saks. And I remember asking one of the security guards, like, what are you doing here? We're, we're here. We were hired. We're a private firm. You know, we're a private firm. And what was it? Oh, Expendables. That's what it was. Expendables. It reminds me of the movie Expendables where they're kind of marching around the compound in their black outfits and their submachine guns. And it worked. Because guess what? I think Saks wasn't hit up. I think the rioters were like, uh, luckily, things clamped down. Finally, businesses went after Bill de Blasio and basically said, you got to calm this city down. you got to start backing the police. And you got to start clamping down on these rioters. Because remember, the rioters had free reign for like a few days before he even got the cojones to step in. But Saks was worried and other stores were worried because they saw what was happening to Macy's. And so how sad is that now? Fast forward. Here we are. 2022, uh, the new year is right around the corner. The holiday is right among us now. 
People are shopping, buying stuff. People are traveling, visiting families. So they're going to gas stations. They're going to the ATMs to get their money. They're doing all the things right now where they want to just enjoy and spend time with their families. They're finally out after all the COVID stuff. And they're finally like able to like go and see friends and do things and buy a gift for a friend or do something special. And how sad is that, that now these robberies are killing American businesses Killing American businesses. I'm going to play for you in a few minutes this comment that came from the CEO of Walmart where he said that robbery is not a victimless crime, essentially. That robbery is killing companies like Walmart and so many of these other companies around America because what's happening is they got to fire people because they're losing so much money. They close stores. Um, There are just so many issues. They got to hire extra security. Uh, Someone's paying for it. Guess what? Some of it are the employees. Some of it are taxpayers. uh, And certainly it is not helpful to the economy right now. And guess what? And then you've got these crazy soft on crime DAs that are doing zero to break the cycle. And it is just time. I do not understand why people are not protesting outside of like Alvin Bragg's office outside peacefully, but getting their voice heard. Same thing outside of Larry Krasner's office, the DA in Philly, and in George Gascon. The list goes on and on and on. What is wrong with these DAs that they're not coming up with any solution? To me, they are so bent on this crazy criminal justice reform at the expense that they'll throw the rest of their community basically under the bus and let them live like they're in a war zone so they can just have their loony kazuni, you know, criminal justice reform at everybody else's expense. It is shameful and it is despicable. I want to hear your thoughts about this. If you think that what this basically gas station owner is doing is a sign of the times, and if you think we're going to see a heck of a lot more of it all over the country, especially now as we're in the holiday season, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And who do you blame? Do you blame these soft on crime DAs? I say, heck yeah, one thousand percent here is first of all this is the gas station owner talking about why he basically had to do it and what he's doing to protect his property we are tired from this all nonsense robbery drug trafficking racketings all kind of hanging around all gangs they're forcing us to hire the security high level security state level High-level security, that's all I could basically do. And here is some Philadelphia residents because, interestingly, residents in the area have mixed reviews. Some say it's a little intimidating, looking like it's like a, like an army is stationed outside a basic gas station. And others are saying, hallelujah. Take a listen. This is supposed to be a city, right? And you got the kids walking around. Guns like this would be on the battlefield. If you're trying to get gas, you live in a bad area, and the only place is here, and they're getting robbed all the time, I mean, I support the owner. Is it time to have guns outside even just a basic business like a gas station to make it look like a war zone so somebody goes, you know what, that looks a little more difficult. Maybe I'll go rob somewhere else. And maybe this isn't the community to even start uh, robbing things. I, I actually think it's sad Uh, If I had a gas station right now in Philly or New York City, I'd have that army times 10. Because you know what? It is just so out of control. And sadly, the city is doing nothing to protect you. The police, I believe, are absolutely trying. They are downright frustrated themselves. Yet, 
if then they arrest somebody and they're back out on the streets and they get a slap on the wrist, sometimes they go back to the same business and rob again. What does that say? It's like, hey, good place. It worked the first time. Let's do it again. And here is, this is the security chief. Uh, This guy's name is Andre Boyer. He is head of the security firm that is doing that marching and parading with Kevlar vests, AR-15s, and a lot more outside that gas station. Take a listen to what he says they are able to do. It's pretty interesting. We're not security. We're Pennsylvania state agents. We're different from security. Security guards, those are the guys that stand at the door uh, or stand around and walk through the mall. When something goes down, they pick up their cell phones and call 911. That's not going to happen with us. We take action. We can make arrests. And that's what's going to happen if that person with my client commits a crime. He's go- he or she is going to get arrested. And if I have to use force, I will use force. Wow, that guy is hardcore. He could be in the next Expendables movie. I mean, he is definitely hardcore. He would be like right alongside Sylvester Stallone. He's like, you know what? We are able to make arrests. Uh, And I think it's kind of interesting. They are actually deputized. I was reading they're actually uh, not just as you heard. He feels like now security guards, sadly, um, the message from Apple has basically said to the security folks, don't intervene. If you see these, like, especially people robbing, you don't know if they're going to pull out a gun or don't do something. So you shouldn't do anything. Report it, but don't necessarily intervene because it could get violent, especially if you see these flash mobs where tons of people kind of come in and do it. Um, So this guy is making the distinction. He said, I'm not security. We are a state agency. Again, they're deputized so they can officially arrest the people. I wish they could be DAs, too, to keep them behind bars because they only got one peg in the cycle. But at least they can arrest them. And here he says that the DA in Philadelphia, Larry, soft on crime, wimpy Krasner, is basically not a law enforcement guy at all. Take a listen. He takes a swing at him and says, you know what, his agency and his guards have to be there because this guy isn't. The lack of political action. We have Uncle Larry, the DA, who is not a DA. He's acting like a social worker. (laughs) When we people elected him in office, we wanted a prosecutor. We didn't want someone who's going to be kumbaya. That's That's what his office says. On his door says prosecutor. Prosecute the criminals. That is what you're supposed to do. Not give them the keys to the city. I love this guy. This guy is great. He's got a set of cojones, and that's what you need in this kind of environment. You've got a wimpy, wussy DA, and this guy's like, guess what? We're taking business into our own hands. We can arrest them. I wish he had his own jail, and I wish he had his own DA. So it didn't have to go through the Larry Krasner system. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. We're going to take your calls, everybody. When we come back, you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
Well, they are loaded for bear, and they make a distinction. They are not security. They're a state agency with Kevlar bulletproof vests, AR-15s, and this is protecting a gas station. And the guy who owns this, I call it a security firm, but a protection firm, if you will, um, says that it's needed and that his phone is ringing off the hook, that there are so many businesses in Philadelphia and elsewhere that are looking for people like him. Most of the guys that are in the security division um, are most of them are former cops. And apparently he says they go in for training once a week. So they are very well trained, very well equipped. And they clearly have a message for anybody who is trying to come near that property uh, to basically uh, you'll look like a Swiss cheese if you try it. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Phil on line two. Phil, your thoughts about this, that it's this, if you see the images too, Phil, of this, I know you're a, you're a veteran, you're a military guy, great military guy. Um, and Phil, when I see the images, it reminds me of somebody, you know, going in for, you know, going in like a Navy SEALs going in for a covert mission, uh, or in this case, a very overt mission. Go ahead, Phil. Well, basically, the, half the blame lies with the public. The public does not want to take any steps to to protect themselves in certain ways. I mean, you listen, you could you could look and say, well, you know, uh, It's kind of late. I shouldn't go out. I might risk something or, you know, I should avoid that neighborhood. Listen, there's a classic form of self-defense, which does not involve karate or kung fu or or sprays or mace or anything like that. It's called the quarterstaff. It's a five to six foot long hard wooden pole. I'm an expert at quarterstaff. I studied it for three years. And I'm going to tell you. Anybody stops me and has any bad plans to do me wrong, I mean, to assault me or anything like that, they're going to get this. I'll have them down on the floor in five seconds with a pole right up against their back. Wait, so, Phil, let let me just ask you, just it's a five. You said it's a five to six foot pole. Is it like a wood? It's like dowel. You ever see dowel that you put in in your closet to hold your hangers up? Yeah. And is it is it foldable or do you walk around with this big thing? No, you walk around with a four you know, five to six foot pole. It's legal, by the way, because the British, the British have a history of it that goes back over 800 years. So now let me and ask it, you, has anybody messed with you since you had this five to six foot pole walking oh, around? Yeah, yeah. You get to one or two tough guys. And, and I said, listen, I'm going to have you down on the floor within within five or six seconds and you're not going to like it. So please don't mess with me. One guy tried. I had him on the floor in about eight seconds. I had him down on the floor, and he he looked at me like, like, how the hell you learn to swing that thing like that? I said, listen, it's all in the movement. It's an art. It's like fencing. It's like fencing. But it is legal. I checked with the New York State authorities, and apparently it's considered legal because in the colonies, it was a form of self-defense, a quarter staff, it's called. A very, very. Now, I have a question. When the guy was down on the ground, was he like crying like a little baby? Was he not so tough anymore suddenly? He was in shock. He 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 kept looking at the pole, looking at me. He said, he said, he said, what, what are you, some kind of expert or some shit? I said, yeah, pardon my language. And I said, yes, I have. I did this. I I did this. I did this for three years. I trained, and I can defeat. I could defeat even a a, a, a level two master of the quarter a quarter step. Wow. I'm very good. 
Phil, Phil, I knew you were our guy. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Bravo. But how sad is it that we have to sort of think that way? Um, and I'm surprised somebody even messed with you with that. They should know better than to mess with our Phil. Phil, thank you well, very much. Go ahead, Phil. Yeah. Go ahead real quick before I let you go. Go ahead. They, 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 they see an older, an older adult who looks like he's, he's you know, he's in his, his senior years of retirement. And they figure, oh, that, that skinny old man, that, that's an easy mark. You know, I could take him down. He's probably got about 200 bucks in his pocket. Well, the point is, I recommend anybody out there wants to protect themselves, who is the agility of some agility, learn the art of quarter staff. It's available on the Internet. Wow, good pointer. Phil, thank you very, very much. And they should know better than to mess with Phil. He's a Vietnam veteran. That guy is tough. Don't you dare mess with Phil, everybody. Thanks, Phil. Really, really good point in quarterstaff. That's interesting. Learning something here. Uh, let's go to Robert in Philadelphia. Uh, Robert, who do you blame for this? And what do you think? Phil just made a good point. People got to protect themselves. Um, I absolutely agree with that. And Rita, it's good to talk to you again. And I won't be long. But unfortunately, this is not a fixable problem. They're, like, they're probably going to impeach Krasner. But there's not enough Democrats that are going to convict in the Senate. It's going to be a waste of time. And even if they did convict him and got him out of there, they would just elect somebody else. He was a attorney. He was the I'm sorry what his title is for four years. And then on reelection, got 81 percent of the vote. What are you going to do with that? You know, you know what is going to fix this problem, Rita? I'm going to be real, okay? It's not going to be me and you figuring out a discussion. It's going to be African-American people taking back their communities. They have the weight of the political power, and they're bearing the brunt of the crime. And quite frankly, they're committing a majority of the crime in the cities. You know what's interesting, Robert? And people, no matter what color creed, want safety. But you're right. They need to speak out and say, we demand our cities to be safe. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a very sad story coming from Warren County, North Carolina. First, a beloved deputy, Jose Angel DeLeon, was responding to a call when his patrol car crashed and went up in flames. Deputy DeLeon, who had been a Warren County deputy for almost two years, died at the scene. And the governor, Roy Cooper of North Carolina, said, quote, Our hearts are with the loved ones of the Warren County Sheriff's Department and the family of Sheriff's Deputy Jose DeLeon, who was killed in a car crash while in the line of duty. Uh, The governor further said, we're grateful for his life and for officers who risk their lives every day to keep us safe. And sadly, the crash was reported the day after the death of another Warren County, North Carolina Sheriff's Office employee. Roy Carter had worked as a detention officer with the department since 2011. And in late November, officials say he experienced a medical emergency when he was at the supermarket. He was rushed to a hospital and was in severe condition and taken off life support. So uh, that department, Warren County Sheriff's Office, has suffered two huge losses uh, within just a few days. And our hearts and our thoughts and prayers, of course, go to all of them and to all of the great men and women who are out there keeping us safe every single day. 
And boy, is it getting tough for law enforcement because crime is skyrocketing. You see the numbers everywhere in almost every major city. Uh, different, you know, some crime are going down, but a lot of the violent crime are skyrocketing. And there was a case also, by the way, in New York City. This was this horrible case uh, where in Brooklyn, um, a group of kids just kind of came over to this woman. Uh, she was a student and she was waiting for the subway. And suddenly it looks like they believe it was a gang because the older guy was kind of guiding the younger people in this group of guys that came over just after midnight came over and started grabbing her by the throat and choking her and then started dragging her, taking her off the bench and dragging her. Thank goodness the woman was taken to the hospital. She is said to be okay. Uh, But what a frightening situation. And these sort of random, unprovoked attacks are happening more and more in so many major cities. And then business is just booming uh, right now, because of what's going on with the, you know, with people trying to go out for the holidays, people are traveling uh, after Thanksgiving. Of course, uh, they've got Christmas coming up, New Year's. People are trying to get out and about and do things. And now is the time where so many of these businesses are experiencing these huge smash and grabs and these huge robberies. And many people are just being targeted. I was talking to a police officer actually a few hours ago, and he was saying to me, that there are so many calls right now for these just random attacks uh, that things have never been so violent, at least in New York City and so many other cities across this country. And we talked about the Philadelphia gas station where they hired AR-15 toting guards basically circling around this gas station because it keeps getting robbed all the time. And finally, the owner just said, I've had enough. Um, I think this is sadly going to be a bit of a sign of the times because they feel they have no faith in the justice system, and that nobody has their back. What a sad, sad testament. I want to play, here's Cut 22, and this is the owner of this, again, sort of security group, and he explains why they were called in to protect this business. Take a listen. A lot of people didn't understand why we were here, and then the following week when people realized what happened here, a lot of people got on board, and they say, hey, I love coming here now. This should have been done. This should be done throughout the city. In fact, one lady, actually, she works for Wawa. She's a manager. She said, we need you at Wawa. And I bet you a lot of other businesses are going to go, hey, I'll take that, too. Can you imagine? I mean, I can see this becoming a huge, huge trend. And the owner of the security firm also says, you know what? If you're going to, if you're a business owner, spend your money in the right direction. Don't send it to some of these different groups uh, that make false promises or don't really do anything. Uh, Put it right to protecting your property. And you got to look out for your own property as opposed to thinking about other things that you got to watch your own back. Things are tough. Take a listen. You have a mayor who's doing the same thing. For four years, we listened to them keep coming to town hall meetings telling us, oh, we've come up with a great idea. We are going to spend $2.5 million to do this and do that, and we're going to give it to this program to help kids um, make T-shirts. We're going to give it to this program to clean up the block. None of that has to do with violent crime. None of that has to do with guns on the street. None of that has to do with anything taking guns off the street. 82% of the money that the city gives away to these programs, and I call them fake programs, (laughs) you can do the statistics. None of those programs have taken a gun off the street. None of them. But if you give money to programs like mine, at least you'll have people patrolling the streets. At least you'll have safer neighborhoods. Put the money where it should be used. 
They'll protect the people of the city of Philadelphia and not the criminals. I love this guy. I want to meet him and shake his hand. This guy is got right on the right track and saying, you just got to take the law into your own hands. Do it responsibly. Hire professionals that are trained. They're former cops again. So it's not like they're just citizens and you're giving a gun to grandma or something like that. Uh, but he says, you know what? Uh, we need to break the cycle. That crime is so bad. Again, it, the city of brotherly love, the latest, uh, they're calling it basically either wild, wild west or Philadelphia. How sad is that? Philadelphia is now Philadelphia. A uh, great line. Good job, uh, D.A. Krasner. Take a listen. Here's a little bit more of uh, this guy who I think is a hero. Philadelphia is off the chain. Right now, statistics say 62% of thefts, robberies, and the biggest one of all, carjackings, happen at the pump. Mm. Now, for this owner, the last straw was when he got hit three weeks ago. They pulled up to the front of the gas station and got out, walked in with a handcart, picked up his ATM machine, Mac machine, and went outside and put it in his car and drove off like it was nothing. Wow. Picked up the ATM, puts it in his car, drives off. I mean, it was like, remember during the riots of 2020 uh, where we saw people do I saw somebody, I was at a, I talked about this. I was at, I remember at a drugstore. And all of a sudden, I saw this guy, like, stuffing everything. Like, I saw him putting in his pants. He had, like, a, a tray. He was putting in his coat, putting on everything. And I thought, boy, does he need a, uh, like, need a cart or something, you know? And then I realized, no, oh, he's robbing. And I said to the, like, store person, I'm like, uh, did you see that? Oh, yeah, yeah, he comes in all the time. Like, he was like a regular, a regular uh, ripper-offer. I mean, I call that a criminal. I don't call that a regular shopper. I call that a thug who should be behind bars. 1-800-848-9222. Um, let's go to Rick, line four. Rick, your thoughts about all this. Hey, beautiful Rita. Thank you, I Rick. Look- with, with, with that, I will call on you every time, but go ahead. I looked you up. You're very pretty. Um, I think besides, you know, unfortunately we can't whack George Soros. I'm not recommending anybody does that. But we should sue the DAs and the uh, prosecutors that are funded by George Soros. And we should definitely blow the heads off of a few criminals and send a message that they can't do this crap. Well, you don't want to do, uh, I wouldn't do the uh, the blow the heads off, but what <laughs> I would do, that's that's a little bit like, uh, you know, uh, like what is it, uh, what kind of like a third world, like we're in like a... It's the purge, baby. Welcome to the purge. Yeah, yeah, boy. You sound like you're ready for a movie, Rick. <laughs> you know, but, well, but, but uh, Rick, what think... I will say, what I, I think you make a great point, though, Rick, about um, going after some of these people that are doing the funding of these folks in terms of calling them out and raising awareness, because... You know, people who are funding these soft on crime DAs, and it's an organized effort, just as you talked about George Soros, particularly huge money. Uh, I mean, Rick, you know, we've talked about it before, but it's like it's like a million dollars plus that he is giving to a lot of these different, uh, you know, DAs like an Alvin Bragg, including Alvin Bragg, including Gascon, including Krasner, uh, including Chesa Boudin, by the way, who finally got the boot, thank goodness, in San Fran. But but it's like it's a very orchestrated, concerted effort. And somehow this needs to be called out so these people are embarrassed to be doing this. And you know the one thing I don't understand, Phil and uh, Rick, what are your thoughts about this in the sense that um, one of the last callers just brought up the idea that 
communities that are really devastated by this. I mean, everybody is. Crime, sadly, is everywhere now, and that's the sad reality. But some of the inner cities where they are really experiencing enormous amounts of crime, I don't understand why some of those citizens, if you talk to them, they welcome security. They want things to be safe. They care deeply about their community and their family. Not everybody, but a lot of them do. I don't understand why there isn't some sort of protest in those communities, too, because the reason you have security, the reason you pay taxes, you do all these things, there's a, there's a covenant to keep people safe. And the community is letting, you know, is, is just letting everybody down in terms of not going out there and voicing that they're not being protected. And, and the ones that are being targeted the most need to speak out. They need to say, this is not acceptable. And I'm, and you shouldn't be voting for this DA. You shouldn't be voting for this one. Shouldn't be voting for that one. Do you think we'll ever get to a point where they'll do that, Rick? Or, or why is that not happening? I don't know. I think maybe people are afraid to be protesting because they know the other side is wacky and they'll throw a Molotov cocktail at you. And isn't that sad? I actually think you're right. Rick, thank you very much for the call. I think they are scared. I think they're afraid of speaking out that somebody's going to say, hey, this is a good system for us and don't ruin our our, our, our system, our game. Um, but shame on them, uh, you know, that they've allowed this system to continue and sadness for the community. I say shame on them talking about the DAs. Um, but I also feel great sadness towards these communities where people are, I agree with you, I think they are too afraid to speak up. They're they're just sort of like taught to not say anything. They don't want to look like uh, they're ruining it for somebody else who lives in the community that's getting away with crimes. Um, and, and what a sad cycle that is, which, you know, I, I don't know how you change that if that is the situation. And that we have to embolden them so they feel protected. And so it's such a high propensity of numbers speaking volumes um, that it turns it around. We have to do something. Let's go to Teddy, line three. Teddy, how are you? Hey, Teddy, where are you? Teddy, go ahead. You're here. Go ahead. Okay. Hi, Rita. I'm sorry. Uh, Rita, I disagree with you on a number of issues, but I'm objective, and I agree with you on this matter 1,000%. And the DAs, including Manhattan D- District Attorney Bragg, even though, you know, he he glamorized himself by dealing with the Trump verdict and he got on TV and he emphasized about that no one is above the law. I wish he was as ag- enigmatic in dealing with perpetrators who commit violent crime as he did with the white collar crime dealing with the Trump situation. Teddy, I'm not, Teddy. I'm not I'm absolutely Trump at all. No, and but, I know, by the way, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because I agree with you. The Manhattan DA was like all over the place about the white collar crimes with the Trump organization, um, with the jury coming back with their verdict, um, you know, uh, the guilty verdicts. Boy, he was so gleeful. He was so out there. He was so visible. And then yet when somebody asked him about a crime, about somebody who's been killed or a repeat offender who's got like 20 people on a rap sheet, he's nowhere to be found. I mean, you're right. It's like, boy, he's. But you know what it says to me, Teddy? And this is what's so sad is it says to me that clearly it's what we think, that he is so political that it's like like him and Letitia James and some of these people, it's like at night they're like, Trump, 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 Trump. That's all they can think about. 
And they almost, it's almost like they almost, uh, you know, it's like, oh, someone pushing a subway or, or a recidivist with, you know, uh, a, a huge sexual assault or other things. Don't worry about it. You know, uh, they, they couldn't wait to go after Trump. Couldn't wait to go after Jose Alba. Remember who had his business? Remember that guy was defending his business? Oh, couldn't wait to go after them. And yet people like, you know, it's like other people are crying out for help. They won't do anything. And poor Jose Alba, the only reason he's free is because there was such a public outcry. Uh, I mean, it's astounding. It is amazing, Teddy. And and I think his priorities are so out of whack. I mean, go after criminals of all, you know, of all types, but especially go after violent criminals. Don't you think, Ted? I agree with you 1,000 percent. There should be a nationwide campaign dealing with this matter, even though we have discussed it. But they should, just like they had a current commission dealing with the, uh, uh, dealing with the, the riots of, 90, uh, of the 60s, and uh, they should have a commission developed dealing with the severity of the crimes that are taking place, the violent crimes, and uh, try to deal with this in a more poignant way and more definitive manner where they can have some results by putting these people away. Thousand percent. Ted, thank you very much. I really agree with you. Thousand percent. We need a committee. We need whatever we can do. This is just outrageous. Let's go to Dom. In Minnesota, Line 7. Dom, your thoughts? Yeah, hi, Rita. You know, peace, truth, strength, said Reagan, and Russia stayed away from mischief. Celebrities justify to keep away the paparazzi who they crave to get attention but pretend to despise them. It seems to work for DA Larry Crapper, who wants it to crap on the smelly Walmart people of Philly. It seems to work for London Breed in San Francisco because she's doing the work of the people while attending a Tony, Tony, Tony concert, but can't stand the people who gave her the power to attend the concert. It seems to work for Lori Bigfoot in Cranbridge, Chicago, for doing the Labada on radio. But it never seems justified for a working stiff like the gas station owner who is doing it for the exact purpose for which it's intended, security. How dare you hire own security and let us smart and not let us smart and beautiful people take care of you and be the suck-up we expect you to be. You know what's interesting, Dom? <laughs> Dom? No, you know what, Dom? There's a lot there. I hear what you're doing. And by the way, interesting names, too, <laughs> that you've come up with there, my friend. Um, but first, you know what's interesting, Dom, that there are people in the community and even some of the folks in the official realm who you hit it on the head that they do not like that this guy suddenly has all this like very visible, you know, highly fortified security around his gas station that it sends the wrong message. Can you imagine? You know, it sends the wrong message. I say it sends the right message. You know, it sends a message. Do not mess with this place. But isn't that interesting that there are people in the community and, and even in the leadership that just don't like it because they they realize it's embar- it's a shameful to them. It's it's a testament that they're not doing their job, right, Tom? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, all the Democrats want to nationalize elections. How about we nationalize the permit to carry, and then you guys be your own protection? Then not don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, then then we're in wild wild west territory, Dom. Thank no, you. I, I know that. I'm I'm joking. I know then, you are. Yeah. I know you are. Believe me, there's some people who think that's a good idea. But you know what? I, what I do like about this, Dom, is that these. I was trying to figure out like who are these guards, and these are folks who are for most of them former cops. They do weekly training. 
Um, and in some case, once a week, sometimes uh, every other week, but they are highly trained, highly proficient. Uh, this is what they do for a living. And they also, I love the fact that they even can do arrests. I think that's really interesting that they're actually state agents who have the ability to make an arrest and use force, that they are deputized essentially to do it. Um, so it's not like they're just doing something and then who knows what, you know, that they don't understand the parameters, that they're not responsible. Um, so I think I think we're going to see a lot more of this. Uh, it's a sad testament, though, to our times. Boy, boy, boy. Dom, thank you. And I love the uh, was the Lori uh, Bigfoot you said. That was a good one. <laughs> Boy, her dancing was a big mess. Dom, thank you. We're going to take your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. So why is crime skyrocketing and also some places hiring armed Toting guards uh, looking, like I said, like a scene out of Expendables. I love that one. One, two, and three. Those were all really good. There's some great ones there. I always watch that. People are like, what, what's your, what movie do you want? Love Story? I'm like, no, I'll take Rambo. I'll take <laughs> Die Hard. Give them to me any day of the week. 1-800-848-9222. And here is Judge Janine describing why she thinks crime is such a huge issue, especially in these liberal-led cities. The problem is we live in a society that is becoming, you know, more uh, cold and more inhumane, criminals more emboldened. Who's going to step up and do something about this when we've got this this social justice baloney? Social justice baloney and basically at everybody else's expense that people are hiring basically military style guards to protect their property as basic as a gas station because it keeps getting ripped off 1-800-848-9222 uh let's go to eric line four from delaware eric your thoughts hey rita look i think you've seen the uh the amount of guns and have been purchased over the last four years. You've noticed that they keep going up and all the checks, people have to arm themselves because there's not enough uh, cops around anymore. There's nobody around anymore because they don't pay them and they don't want to be cops. So we have to protect ourselves. And that's exactly what that guy, that guy's doing. And Guess what? It's a sad situation when it comes to this. What do you say? Yeah. And you know what? I I think you're right. The other thing I was thinking of, Eric, too, is that, you know, police with all the issues of qualified immunity, where they're worried about, like, if they cross the line, they're going to get sued. Uh, They're certainly going to be called into internal review if they're too, you know, aggressive. You know, I think, you know, all the stop, question and frisk stuff where it was like, no, don't do that. Um, I mean, how are you going to be a police officer if you're, you're working with basically two hands tied behind your back? I'm being metaphoric, but how can you actually go out there and really be preemptive? You can't. 
And if you're overzealous, so they think, or if you're going after someone, they're going to say, oh, you're racist or you're stereotyping or you're doing whatever. Um, it is a tough job to be a cop right now. And you know what's it's also so sad, Eric? Hiring all these people, that's a lot of money. I mean, you think it's cheap to hire these guys who look like Sylvester Stallone and uh, who is it, Antonio Banderas, some of those other guys? And uh, Schwarzenegger was in that movie, too. Uh, that was a good one. And there's so many of the guys were in that. That was a great movie. The guy who we boxed with, remember, he was in that movie, too. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren. I love him. He's a uh, Scandinavian, so I like him even more. I'm half Scandinavian, everybody. But so as I'm watching and thinking that that's not, you know, that's not a cheap enterprise. That's a really expensive thing. And businesses are paying for that. You think they can write that off? They can't. That is a business expense. Let's go to Robert from Suffolk. Uh, Robert, line five, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Um, By that, in Philadelphia and other cities, we've reached the tipping point where it's going to take action by ourselves to take back our streets and stop the crime. What are you saying, citizens arrest? Yes, and in fact, I asked someone, Curtis Lewa, who would know about that? Yeah, no, you're right, a lot, by the way. I mean, I was thinking about that, like, you know, guardian angels, some of these groups. Obviously, you want people who are responsible and trained. You don't want to take the law into your own hands. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. handle businesses right now with so much crime skyrocketing some of these flash and grab mobs that we've seen images of especially now with the holiday season you know a lot of people had a bit of a rough year uh, with the economy and inflation and all these issues and they're hoping for a really good holiday season and now they are worried sick about increased robberies and it is happening over and over again uh, here's Geraldo Rivera talking a little bit earlier about why he thinks crime is skyrocketing. Pudiation of the social contract. In the old days, uh, yeah, they, it's a little shoplifting here, a little shoplifting there. But basically, people paid for what they took from those uh, these self-service stores. That's how they became so popular. You know, it was an efficient way to uh, do commerce. Now there is uh, just this this uh, this casual, callous reckless disregard for the law it is uh, i'm going to do this i'm going to do it but i i think that uh, you will the arc of history uh will uh, will solve this because they will confront it with more and more of the armed guards there will be a violent response because society cannot sustain that kind of uh, arrogant disregard for the law yeah at some point one of the last callers was just saying people are now going to start taking the law into their own hands And look at some of these groups uh, that have been out there protecting the streets. And also, what about also these armed guards that we were talking about at the gas station in Philadelphia? It's this group that comprises of basically all cops, basically all law enforcement expertise, some military guys. They train once a week and they're walking around dark outfits uh, with AR-15s. 
And what's happening, too, to a lot of these big stores, especially now, and you're going to see more and more of it, sadly, and especially the next, like, two or three weeks leading into Christmas, are these, like, huge organized, like, retail thefts where suddenly, and you've seen, like, the videos of, like, at a 7-Eleven, suddenly, like, you know, 100 kids come in. What is the owner going to do or the person or the storekeeper going to do? Just say, take whatever you want. Just please get out of here. And half the time, the store doesn't even look like the same store by the time they leave. Five minutes with 100 people in there, it's like the place is destroyed. It's like heartbreaking to see. Things are so bad that Target, this is interesting, uh, Target Chief Financial Officer uh, Michael Fidecki said that shoplifting has jumped in Target stores 50% year to year. That's a huge amount, 50%, five zero, leading to more than $400 million in losses this fiscal year alone. Think about it. How can any company handle like, you know, you kind of go, okay, well, I'll write off maybe $50,000 in shoplifting or $100,000. You've got stores all over the country. Uh, but to have to sustain five, uh, $400 million in losses in one fiscal year, that is astounding. No wonder a lot of these businesses are just pulling out of New York City or pulling out of other major cities. Starbucks, remember, they started closing places just because they couldn't handle the security problems. They didn't want to, you know, think about the cost. Hiring armed guards. Not every business can hire armed guards and try to protect their property. And then what if something happens with the armed guard and somebody and then the armed guard gets sued or the store gets. I mean, there's just so many of these issues and it's heartbreaking to see. And by the way, Walmart, uh, the CEO of Walmart, this was really powerful, just did an interview the other day. I was watching it on CNBC and he basically said, listen, you know, this crime that's happening, this shoplifting that's happening is not a victimless crime. There are so many things that trickle down just because maybe it's not your store or it's not your company, guess what happens? Uh, you know, taxes could go up uh, for you have to hire more police officers, issues that way. Stores close. It makes it terribly inconvenient for people who went to that store and that's the closest one they can walk to. Suddenly, guess what? Well, they have to drive five miles to go to the next store because the other store got robbed so many times. They fire people in stores because they suddenly have to hire armed guards instead of regular you know, store clerks. I mean, how sad is this? And here is the Walmart CEO talking about just some of the trickle-down effects that are devastating every retailer in America, basically. Theft is an issue. It's higher than what it's historically been. And we've got safety measures, security measures that we put in place by store location. I think local law enforcement being staffed and being good, a good partner is, is part of that equation, and that's normally how we approach it. But there have been rules that have been changed that make it not something that the police are going to pro- prosecute or that the, the criminals won't be prosecuted below certain levels. Does that matter? If that's not corrected over time, prices will be higher right. and or stores will close. Stores will close, prices will be higher, people will be fired, because guess what? they got to suddenly hire armed guards, and that is not a cheap hire. Can you imagine how much that costs uh, as opposed to like a high school kid or a college kid who's working part-time as a clerk? Uh, I'm sure it's a lot, lot more. And so how did they handle that? And is that sadly what we're looking at, especially in these holiday months and beyond? Is that just the, the where we are in America right now? This is Greg Gutfeld. He said this earlier today. Part of the reason he said that people are also afraid to kind of crack down on, you know, those who are doing the shoplifting. A lot of the stores have said, you know, just let them kind of get away with it or they're not even really talking about it. You know, at least when the trend first happened 
And he said it's because they were worried about getting stigmatized. Listen to this. This is like a metaphorical snapshot of the last two years. You know, we the casualness that Geraldo talks about. No fear of repercussion. And the reason why we, there's no fear of repercussion, because if there is repercussions, you're a racist. You're part of the, the oppressive regime. We're still living in that post-Ferguson era where we allowed the media and we allowed activists to tell us that law enforcement is permanently stained. There's nothing you can do about it. Right. And, we, and even prisons. So this guy was a re- repeat offender, uh, menace to society, already known. Not in prison, because the, we, we, dis, we agreed with the assumption that prisons were somehow offensive. And we should have less prisons, not more. We need more prisons. Mm-hmm. Because right now, we, we're the eggs that are getting broken to make this progressive omelet. That's a really interesting analogy. Uh, you know, the progressive omelet. And yeah, the idea of like, oh, well, we should be closing prisons because they're inhumane. Well, guess what? If you're serving hard time, you probably did something inhumane to get there. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norman on line eight. Norman, your thoughts about this? Uh, Hi, Rita. Um, Look, uh, I listened to a previous caller empathize with you about about, uh, uh, the, the strictness that we should be coming down on criminals and all this. And yet... He voted for Biden and he votes for, you know, elections have consequences. You know, I mean, who do I blame for all this? Well, I blame our wonderful liberal neighbors. I blame my clients on the Upper West Side. I blame all these people who now they're cloaked. They have a problem. Oh, it's terrible uh, um, about, uh, you know, they think they, you know, but they don't support people. Who would take away an Alvin Bragg? Um, and let me ask you, you know, though, I, Norm, I just, hang, Norm, hang on. You bring up a great point, um, and I know who you're referring to in the last caller because you're right. Yes, um, that caller uh, definitely is a Biden supporter. Um, right. But now, do you think the tide has turned where there is more awareness? Like, should should no. there be an election? Wow, how sad is that? You don't think it has changed? You think if the election no. happened today? And and Alvin mm. Bragg was on the ballot. You think he would still get reelected? Oh, in New York City, of course. Although because, you know, although you, you know, know what's interesting, but Norm, you know what's interesting? Yeah. In the Lee Zeldin, this is an interesting uh, number. In the Lee Zeldin race for governor, of course, against Kathy Hochul. Yes, he did not win, uh, but he came very close. And if you looked at the numbers in New York City, mm-hmm. this is stunning. They always said if you can get thirty percent. In the city, in Manhattan, you have a really good chance of winning the governorship just because New York City is so liberal. So if a GOP can get he got 31 percent in the city, which is which is amazing because crime is so bad where he didn't do as well is because in the suburbs and in other parts of New York and in some places like Erie County, of course, she's from Erie County. So she had a bit of an, a, a clearly had an advantage and did better, and she outperformed in Erie County, where typically a Republican has done better. So that was an interesting twist. But the reason I bring that 31% up, not that it's a lot from 30 to 31, but that's a good amount. Usually they don't do even 30. They don't even hit 30. Right. So I bring that up that there is a sentiment in some of the cities across mm-hmm. America that they're fed up. Um, but you still don't think it's enough to to get an Alvin Bragg? No. Boy, how how sad is that, Norm? Isn't that sad? It's very sad. Oh, I mean, look, look uh, Zeldin lost, and that's it. And now we must suffer. Okay, 
because uh, and that's the way it is. I mean, you know, uh, we we had a chance here in New York City. We had a chance to to have a city, and now we don't. And that's you know, I uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. I look, I, I don't like being a pessimist. I don't. I really don't. No, I, but I also want. By, by the way, I want you to be a realist, though, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to remain positive. It's just increasingly hard to do so. I mean, especially what happened in Georgia today. I mean, it's it's you know we're racing to the bottom, and uh, what's going to happen is I mean I just think it's horrible. This poor immigrant guy who has a gas station in Philadelphia, he has to hire a security. He comes to this country, the land of the free, the home of the brave. He has to come here. And what does he have to do? He has to hire security guards with uh, AR-15s to keep his gas station, keep people from, you know, uh, you know robbing him. I, it's just it's just horrible. I mean, it's like, are we are we becoming you know, I, the movie I was thinking about was Mad Max. I mean, this is what we're becoming. We're becoming. Uh, yeah, we all have to get guns and protect ourselves. I mean, uh, you Isn't know, that and, sad? Uh, by the way, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's like, sad. you know, and what and, you know, you bring up a great point. These people who come to the country and say, oh, gosh, you know, what a great country. And America is an amazing country. And then you get here and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Um, that person just took my ATM, you know, and then the D.A. goes, oh, well, uh, we're going to let him off again for the 80th time. You know, you're going, wait, wait, wait. This isn't the you know, this isn't this great country that I thought it was or at least. Uh, Philadelphia, or at least this DA is. And I mean, you're right. How sad is that? I mean, not just for us who, you know, were born here, but people who come here expecting, uh, you know, freedom and expect equity and fairness in the justice system, especially if they're fleeing some country, you know, some horrible country, and they come here thinking justice is free, and then they have to deal with somebody like a Larry Krasner. You know, oh, my God. Uh, it, and what a sad testament, but I think you're sadly spot on. And Mad Max was a good movie, but you don't want to live it. <laughs> Norm, thank you very much. Let's go to Anthony, line three. Anthony, your thoughts about this? Yes, hi, Rita. Thanks for taking my call, and I'll, I'll try to make my point uh, quick. Um, you know, to me, this, this it's all started, and this is my opinion, this all started when it was um, defund the police, and then we got softer on crime, like you said, and with the DAs being soft on crime, and now it's emboldening the youth. I think this is a really serious democratic mind game that they're playing with the criminals and the victims. Now, here's what I'm trying to say is they're, they're showing the criminal that, hey, you can do whatever you want, and you can get away with it. But one day, and it's going to happen, the youth, because it's already happening where the youth is getting involved in a lot of these crimes. And one day they're going to run into the wrong person. Now the wrong person is going to probably end up shooting that, that, that young person. And then the Democrats are going to say, look, here it is. There's the gun again. The gun did that again. Or if it's a young black youth, then they're going to pick on it as there it goes the gun again with a racist factor tied all into it. And this is a very, very serious game. And it's, it's sick. And, Touche to Norm also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know so what? Much. You know, the, you know, the, the whole um, racism thing, I think, is so horrible that it constantly gets brought in. And, and police, too. I brought up the issue of even if there are cops there, Anthony, what's so scared is cops are afraid to be too aggressive uh, because then they get labeled racist or stigmatizing or something if they're going after someone who happens to be African-American. Um, you know, then they get, you know, labeled that they're 
you know, uh, typecasting, stereotyping, being racist, uh, doing certain things. They're afraid to, that they're going to get hauled in. They have families to go home to. Uh, they're worried about their pensions. They're worried about their life. Um, and and you're right. I mean, you bring up a great point about the young people, too, because if they are not taught early on uh, that what they're doing, uh, whatever color or creed they are, uh, if they're not taught a lesson early on, they're just going to keep doing it. And that doesn't help them. Uh, that doesn't break them from what might be a life of crime. You think about if you intervened early on um, and told them that, you know, there are consequences for bad actions and don't get mixed up with the wrong crowd. Um, and they turn their lives around, you're giving them opportunity and you're giving them a purpose in their lives. Uh, you're actually helping them, not only the storekeepers, but you're helping them if they, if they get a wake-up call. But how are they going to get a wake-up call if uh, the DAs are asleep? You know, I mean, how's that going to happen? 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Coming up, we are going to talk about Joe Biden saying he has more important things to do than go to the U.S. southern border, even though he was in Arizona at the time. But he just doesn't have time to go to the border. He doesn't care about the border. It is disgusting. And the Border Patrol Union firing back. Wait till you hear what they said. We are also talking, of course, about crime in America and the fact that people are now hiring these like high tech, uh, highly trained and highly weaponized uh, security forces that they're paying for themselves to protect their businesses because they just feel they have to take security matters into their own hands. By the way, you know, I always love reading your tweets. Uh, this is from Michael, who says, slowly but surely, Rita, we're becoming Mogadishu. Uh, warlord thugs in charge of districts, citizens cowering. I'm getting shaken down for protection money. Wow, it sounds like it's like almost like the mob, you know, and how sad is that, uh, that people don't feel safe. Sal, who always sends us also good tweets, writes, Rita, I guess shop owners should either hire armed security guards or get a gun license for protection. It is said, it is really sad to see the city of brotherly love become the city of thuggerly love. Wow, good lines, but how sad is that reality that we're seeing in so many of the cities across America? So many great, great cities. And keep those tweets coming, everybody. Go to at Rita Cosby, because I love also often reading your tweets here on the show. Uh, Let's go to David in Pennsylvania. David, your thoughts about just how bad it has gotten, sadly. Yeah, it has gotten bad, sadly. And, Rita, I'm going to tell you something. With the AR-15s, the AK-47s, whatever the shopkeeper has, it's not going to work because all these people are going to do is go to the next store. They're going to go to the next one and the next one, and eventually somebody's going to get bored, some gangbanger, and sooner or later they're going to be doing drive-bys and shooting security guards. It doesn't work. Wow. Okay, what, what, what does work is, is where you stop it. You know, uh, my father was in law enforcement. When I was a kid, I remember looking at the Encyclopedia Britannica, and they talked about pushers. Remember drug pushers? Yeah. Back then in the early 60s, that was a death sentence. You were sentenced to death. You want to stop drugs? You want to stop all that? You know, somebody out there who's, who's buying you know, a nickel bag or a dime bag of marijuana, sure, you get locked up. But you catch that person selling, that person who's established, death sentence. 
You know who said that, David? You know who said that? Uh, President Trump said that, actually, uh, when he was coming out, when he was on one of the rallies uh, right before the midterms, when he was out there campaigning for some of the candidates, he said, this is what I think needs to be done for the for the real serious, you know, drug dealers like you're talking about. Um, And I think punishment needs to be stiff for those, especially, boy, if you're selling to like young kids. I mean, if you're caught right now selling fentanyl, something with fentanyl to a young kid that could kill somebody like that. Uh, throw the book at them. Um, And and, and you're right, there has to be a fear, David, and there's no fear. Well, I'll tell you what fear is. You put, you know, we're going to follow the money trail in a second, but you get 100 kids. I don't care if they're black, white. I don't care about racial profiling. If it's a bunch of black kids robbing a place, you're black kids robbing a place. If you're Chinese, you're white. I don't care. You get 100 kids that walk into a Wawa like they did, and they loot the place. If you carry 50 of them, we're sending you to Kansas to a work farm. It's not going to be a max prison where it's going to cost us 50000 a year. It'll cost us 6000 a year because we're just putting up chain link fences. Here's two eight-foot eight, eight chain link fences. You cross that first one, you get a warning shot. You cross that second one, we're going to leave you out there until your parents come claim you. So you best get out there before the buzzards. That's how it stops. Go after the parents. Why aren't these kids? You're under 18, you're in at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, you know, I didn't yeah. want to be in at 10 o'clock at night, but back then we weren't committing crimes. You're in at 10. If you're not in, you're going off to the camps. That's it. Go after mom and dad. You know, you're, on, you're, you're collecting so forth. Believe me, you hit somebody in the money pocket and you say, hey, you know what? We're covering your utility bill right now. We're paying this. We're paying this right now for you. All right. Your kid gets locked up. We're taking the money away from you. And also, David, by the way, I also think um, and we've seen a couple of cases like this. There was that case in Michigan where the parents knew the kid had a gun. Remember that? And they and basically were like, hey, just keep it quiet. Remember, there was like that email that the mother said. Um, And that's why they threw the book at her, which I thought was a good move at her. And I think the dad, too, in that case. But I think the parents, if they somehow play a role, I, I would I would maybe say if they go to the point where they know their kid's a gangbanger and going out there and doing whatever, um, and especially if they're underage, I actually think parents should be held responsible because, you know, you can't be having a, an underage kid. I mean, you got to take action for your kids. And if you're not watching them at home and you're letting them loose on society, uh, that doesn't help anybody. And it certainly doesn't help the kid. It definitely doesn't help society. And I say throw the book at the parents in that case. I, I say bravo on a lot of the things you're saying there. When we come back, we'll continue with your calls. Plus, we will also talk about border agents saying, how dare you, Joe Biden, say you have more important things than protecting our American border. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, we want to talk about, of course, the date that will live in infamy. And we're talking about today, December 7th. Uh, Remember, 81 years ago, of course, the attack on Pearl Harbor. And today in Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, a handful of centenarian survivors of that attack on Pearl Harbor joined about 2,500 members of the public at the scene of the Japanese bombing to commemorate those who perished again over eight decades ago. The audience just sat quietly during a moment of silence at 7.55 a.m., the same time the attack began on December 7th, 
1941. Sailors aboard the USS Daniel Inouye stood along the rails of the guided missile destroyer while it passed by the grassy shoreline where the ceremony was held and the USS Arizona Memorial to honor the survivors and those killed in the attack. Also, Ken Stevens, who is a 100-year-old survivor from the USS Whitney, saluted uh, as the destroyer went by. The everlasting legacy of Pearl Harbor will be shared at this site for all times, said the superintendent of the Pearl Harbor National Memorial, as we must never forget those who came before us so that we can chart a more just and peaceful path for those who follow. About 2,400 servicemen were killed in the bombing, which launched the U.S. into World War II. The USS Arizona alone lost 1,177 sailors and Marines, nearly half of the death toll, and most of the Arizona's fallen remained entombed in the ship, which sits on the harbor floor. There was also a beautiful ceremony that took place in Washington, D.C. as well, and really around the country, so many places honoring this somber, somber occasion. I also want to give a shout-out to a friend of mine's relative, to Kenneth T. Layman's. He, excuse me, was on one of the ships, and when it was attacked, he stayed at the gun position despite being shot on. He maintained effective fire with a gun, stayed in control, told everybody to basically get off of the ship, and he kept firing and kept on uh, firing despite exploding ammunition all over the deck. He sustained serious injuries, and he was killed at his station. The USS Layman's DE-743 was named for him. And what an amazing hero, so many heroes that day. Again, a big shout-out to Kenneth T. Layman's, one of the great heroes uh, who was there at Pearl Harbor and will be remembered forever. Well, we are talking about security at locations and the fact people are taking security into their own hands. What are your thoughts about this? Let's go to BJ, Line 8. BJ, your thoughts. Uh, Rita, excellent show. God bless you for keeping uh, this uh, in the forefront of everyone's mind. You know, Dostoevsky wrote that the only way to keep a prisoner uh, in jail is to never tell him, uh, tell the prisoner that he's in prison. And right now, we are all in prison. And you can thank uh, Alvin Bragg and uh, the leadership in the state because they have set the prisoners free. They've normalized stealing in the stores. They've normalized assault. They've normalized all sorts of unacceptable, illegal, immoral filth that we have to swim through. And all of us, when we walk to and from work, or we ride the subway trains, or we go uh, in and out of our homes, we have eyes in the back of our head. We live in a prison now. We can thank the Democrat Party, and we we can thank dummy Democrat voters who cancel out the votes of good people who are traditional and really want to live in a clean, safe, low-tax environment. I was uh, uh, in a, uh, one of these stores uh, in a Dwayne Reed, and this dude came in two weeks ago, and I was just went in there to pick up something, and right next to me, he flips open a beverage, uh, the refrigerator, and empties out a whole bunch of beverages in a bag and just walks out. And what happens? 
They turn around and they say, oh, thank God he didn't take the coffee. This is, this is what we've come to now. This is, like, unbelievable. Years ago, I mean, you tried to shoplift in a store. You wouldn't have got out. That's it. But now everything is so politically correct. It's only when people start fighting like they have nothing to lose that this will stop. Otherwise, one day they're going to wake up and they're going to have lost everything. So, uh, you, you know, know how this, sad this, is that? Like what you just said, BJ, is an interesting point um, that they were like, yeah, they didn't take the coffee or they didn't take the cash register or they didn't take the, you know, I mean, uh, but you're right. It's gotten so bad that people are like, oh, good. Uh, he didn't uh, attack the clerk. You know, I mean, uh, you can't accept lawlessness. And, and it's and I think even that statement, by the way, is just sort of a sign of the times because. It's like, oh, well, you know, sometimes now when I see people were arrested, I'm like, what? They were only arrested, oh, only three times as opposed to 30. You know, I mean, isn't that sad? Tragic. I was assaulted since the summer of love a couple of times. Uh, You know, just uh, some crazy homeless person struck me in the head with a cane one day. Just came right up to me, whack right in the head for no reason. Oh, my goodness. Out of nowhere, right? And what happened? Oh, my goodness. When was this? This was probably, it was, I was on my way to help out Curtis. It was, uh, (laughs) that was the weird thing about it. When during his mayoral run, I was coming from the Port Authority and this nut job just came up out of the blue and just whacked me in the head. Threw the cane up in the air and bang, I got whacked right in the head. Did you get the guy or no? Did you get the guy? Nope. Nope. No problem. Nope. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? They do nothing. Wow. I mean. Wow. What a sad. BJ, thank God you are okay. But you're right. It's become people are just they've sort of come to accept this is the situation and and we can't. Um, We got to be safe out there. BJ, first of all, thank goodness you're okay. Uh, we love you, and we just always appreciate you and everything you do and fighting the good fight, BJ. Thank you. Let's go to Pam, line five. Pam, you're here on the show. Yes. Hi, Rita. Rita, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart to mention uh, World War Two and uh, Pearl Harbor and um, December 7th, because I'll tell you, I've been listening to the radio and watching TV on and off today, and I haven't heard much of it. It seems like it's in the foreground and nobody's even talking about it and it was one of the most important days in american history so from the bottom of my heart i just want to thank you personally from me for doing it oh thank you thank you thank you and for me you know it is first of all there are so many lessons um you know of course from pearl harbor and most important of all never forget um and i i think about the courage and the guts of these young people who are out there um and suddenly came out under attack um, of course, from Japanese forces. And it was the start, as you talked about, it was such a pivotal moment because it got U.S. engaged in World War II, that enormous loss of life. And and the one thing I was I was also going to say, Pam, too, is that I have been out there to Hawaii and I've been to the USS Arizona. And I encourage anybody, you know, in this country, whatever you can do is to go out there and to see it. Because as I just mentioned, many of the brave men uh, that were on that ship are still entombed there. And it's really just it's it's so moving and so powerful. And it's such a reminder of just the incredible heroes that we have and and to never, ever, ever forget their incredible sacrifice. So, Pam, thank you to me. It's the least I can do. You know, it's the least I can do, Pam. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Pam. Let's go to uh, let's go to Pat uh, in uh, Long Island. Line three. Pat, your thoughts. 
Hi, Rita. How are you? I'm good. What do you make of this just crazy situation that we're dealing with where we have to hire armed security um, because of these, you know, people are ripping everybody off? I think it's an indication that we have to waken the sleeping giant again. I had said that on your program once before. Uh, Pearl Harbor is a great example of that. And we should be doing the same thing. We have to fight back. Uh, When we get politicians to pick their heads up and listen, like AOC, who actually encouraged uh, rioters in the subway system in June of 2019 to fight the police. She was announcing that. Well, you know what you know what I think of Pat. You know what I think of. I also think of Pat, where um, you know when Nancy Pelosi was asked, "Well, what do you think of the protesters?" Well, they should kind of keep on protesting. I support them. I mean, I support them. We're watching these images of these people breaking into stores, um, looting, injuring clerks, uh, injuring law enforcement. There were two thousand members of law enforcement that were injured during the riots. I mean, seriously injured. And, and, you know, and where where's the uh, you know, where's Nancy Pelosi giving them gold medals? The only cops that she wants to give gold medals to were the ones who are on Capitol Hill on January 6th. I was talking about that last night. That to me, I'm for cops, all cops getting a gold medal. You know, every single cop and every single firefighter in this country should be getting, you know, a gold medal. Um, and veterans, too. You know, uh, EMS. I mean, I think there's so many folks that deserve that. But boy, is she playing politics with all that. And instead, she was encouraging the rioters to keep on going. And so was our great vice president, Kamala Harris. She was encouraging them, keep going. You're doing a great job. Keep going. Keep looting and keep beating up cops. Keep doing it. I mean, that to me is just, it is abominable. And I I think you hit it on the head that that behavior, I think, has provoked a lot of it and encouraged it. And it certainly hasn't diminished it. And that is a sad testament. By the way, speaking of which, as we're talking about security, I couldn't believe this, guys, that Biden was asked. He's in Arizona. This was yesterday. He's asked when he's in Arizona. He's heading there. Oh, gosh, you're going to a border state. This is his third border state that he has visited since he's been president. So everyone's thinking, okay, surely he's going to go to the border. Maybe finally he's going to make that visit to the border. Take a listen to what he said. This is when he was asked by Peter Ducey. What are you going to do? Are your plans to finally go to the U.S. border, which has been wide open and so many millions have crossed illegally? Listen. Why go to a border state and not visit the border? Because there's more important thing going on. They're going to invest billions of dollars in a new enterprise. There are more important things going on. And he goes to a business that's doing production instead. Doesn't even go near the border. What an insult to everybody who is protecting the border and everybody who has been out there. And, in fact, there was a story about a border agent, U.S. Border Patrol agent, killed chasing illegal migrants, by the way, in an accident. He got in an accident. He was killed while chasing a group of illegal migrants. Sadly, this has happened quite a bit. There was another one, remember, who had was open fire on by a drug cartel off of the coast of Puerto Rico. And this latest case, sadly, an agent who was a 38-year-old agent who was traveling at a high speed, trying to track down these illegal migrants. He crashed into a gate. Father of two died at the hospital soon afterwards. I mean, this is how risky and dangerous it is, and that Biden can't even spend his time going down there. How disgusting and shameful is that? So listen to this. 
So the Border Patrol was furious when they heard that statement. Oh, there's more important things basically than visiting the border. I love this. This is the Border Patrol Union fired back. And this is what they said. Visiting an ice cream shop? Very important. You know, he loves his ice cream, Joe Biden. Visiting our border where illegal immigration, deaths, escapes, and fentanyl smuggling sets new records nonstop with thousands dying as a result? Not important. That was the tweet put out by the Border Patrol Union, which just said this is shameful. And here is former Border Patrol Chief Rodney Scott reacting to the way that President Biden has handled the border. It uh, shouldn't be a surprise from this administration the president doesn't want to go to the border. Who would want to stand beside the mess you created? But at the same time, that would be admitting there was a problem, and his secretary continues to lie to America and tell everybody the border is secure when, in fact, it is not. And they lie and say everybody crossing is an asylum seeker when just the stories you just covered prove that it, that is not the case. And here is Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich who said that President Biden basically has been completely derelict in his responsibility and the fact that he just doesn't want to show up. He doesn't want to go there, as you just heard. He doesn't want to, like, draw attention to a problem that he really doesn't think is a problem. 5.5 million illegals coming into our country in the last two years, and they're pretending it's not a problem. Listen to A.G. Burnovich. People come to this country because the rule of law has to mean something. And so that's why what Joe Biden's doing is undermining that. And when someone like Gascon does that, it fundamentally puts other immigrants in danger. It puts hardworking American taxpayers in danger because Lady Justice is blind for a reason. The law should treat everyone equally. If you break the law, you should be prosecuted to the fullest extent. And as a prosecutor, someone who prosecuted gangs, federal crimes... What you need to look at is what about the victims? What about the impact on society? That's where the focus needs to be on. We need to stop coddling defendants and start aggressively prosecuting people. And that's the way you deter crime. Yeah. And guess what? Everybody who's crossed the border, those 5.5 million, those are illegals. And many of them, at least over 100 on the terror watch list. I mean, those are the ones we know about. What a sad state of affairs. And we have a president. I couldn't believe it. He had the, uh, like, audacity. There are more important things going on. Uh, Why would I go to the border? I'm going to a business so I can, like, talk about some economic policy, even though his economic policies have been a disaster. Why would I waste my time going to the border, basically? What an insult to every man and woman who is there standing on the front lines at the border, protecting our country. And we have a president who just doesn't even care. He, like, was, like, laughing it off. It sickened me. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Alex on line two. Alex, your thoughts about this. This is like amazing that he just does not care. Alex, are you there? Alex, where are you? We'll get back to you in a little bit. You call us back, Alex. Let's go to Andrew, line seven. Andrew, how sad is this? What a sad testament. It is sad and a slap in their face because they put their lives on the line. And even if he probably feared going there because they would boo him or some would give maybe the, would give him a hard time, you know, because it would be a good opportunity for him to shake hands and smiles. But it would it would probably backfire where some would confront him. But I want to say in the cities, too, it's terrible. Um, I, I'm no Michael Rito writer for The Post, <laughs> but uh I actually worked for the New York Post last spring as as a writer, 
covering like crime stories, doing a temporary position. And then after and that ended, you learn? I worked. what did you learn, Andrew, from that? Well, I learned I was so happy to be out of New York City and in Pennsylvania. I started working with this local news cable company and I shot a girls volleyball game and I was doing listening to your show and mm-hmm. I was editing it. And I remember just thinking so happy that I don't have to be in New York City and ask people if they're afraid to get their throat slashed on the subway. Wow. I don't have to ask people. You know, Andrew, you isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? You know, that you're like, you were like happy to get out of uh, New York City, that things were that bad. Uh, let's go to Audrey uh, real quick in uh, Brooklyn. Audrey, your thoughts. Andrew was just saying he had to leave New York, that he was so happy to get out. What are your thoughts about this guy with the guards? Oh, well, personally, I, I feel that if it's really that bad. He should move his store, but I don't believe that that's going to help resolve. Oh, excuse me, let me turn my TV down. Resolve anything realistically as far as the guns concerned. Wait, 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 Audrey, hang on a second. You think that the solution is that he should move as opposed but to no, he should feel safe? If he has more than one store, why would he want to um, hire a, 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 a group of folks that's going to just stir up more trouble as opposed to moving? According to what I Audrey, heard, and why, read and Audrey, heard you, why should he have to move? Why why can't he be protected? Don't don't they have a responsibility? I mean, yes. you think you think like uh, cowering and and moving and and moving out like that's the solution? And by the way, the sad thing is, Audrey, where's he going to move to? So many cities right now. Uh, you know, what is he going to like have a little shack in the middle of Curacao or something like that? You know, what's the plan? My side. Truth being, the gun is, guns are not going to stop anything with anything in this country. I feel number one, um, it's, 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 it's us as a people stop fearing and 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 creating the problem. The problem is is not the, the the youth or the whatever. The problem is a lot of the isms in this country. And I'll make it quick. I spent two weeks. The problem's what? The problem's I spent what? Two weeks in Georgia. I just got back Wait, home. Wait, hang on one second, Audrey. I just want to hear you. You said the problem's not the youth. The problem is what? Okay, Second Amendment. So, wait, the guns are the problem? Audrey, it's the, it's the thugs pulling the guns. It's the thugs pulling the guns. If responsible gun owners are there doing the right thing, it's, it's these people that are illegally using the guns. Uh, it's not the guns. It's Who's pulling? The guns are just magically going off by themselves? I mean, come on. Okay, I love you, Rita. One more question. Are they and Audrey, I love you too, but you're not making any sense. Go ahead. But Okay, would you consider... Um, these people that shoot up, do mass shootings in schools and in supermarkets, such as Buffalo, are thugs? Are they considered thugs? And, and you're, and you're, you're thugs by the way, by the way, by the way, they're worse than thugs. I mean, I, I will definitely, listen, I, I am not a fan of, of people committing crimes in any shape or form, and those people are despicable. I mean, they're, they're worse than that. Um, and I think they're deplorable and horrible. But I also think there were clearly, in a lot of these cases, writings on the wall. We're going to take your calls, everybody, when we come back. Audrey, I love you. I don't agree with you, but I love you. What do you make? Audrey says the solution is the guy should move. That's the solution as opposed to getting security, that it's his fault or something. one 800 848 The Rita Cosby Show. are talking about how crazy crime has become. And I was talking about this case at Philadelphia where the guy has hired AR-15 gun-toting guards to protect his property because they even ripped off his ATM and everything else. And Audrey's solution was, the guy should just move. You know what? Yeah. 
You know what? Uh, nothing like blaming the storekeeper. Audrey, I love you. Uh, but she's also saying having those guys with guns outside, that that is a provocative action and it's not really helping the solution. Um, listen, it'd be nice not to have to live in a world like that where you have to have armed guards outside your property. But give me a break. Let's go to Susan. Line two. Susan, your thoughts about all this. Okay, uh, I'm living in the city, and although things have gotten worse, they are not quite as dire as a previous caller said. Um, I walk happily through the city. It's definitely far improved over um, a couple of years ago in terms of the vitality and the activity, and yet... I am very, very watchful of myself at night, and I resent this. I used to be somebody that would go everywhere, all over the place, enjoy everything that the city could offer. Those days are over. You must watch yourself very, very carefully at night in the subways, and there was always somebody lurking at some point. You just have to be aware. But what I really want to say is, that by the way, so Susan, many- by the way, Susan, I disagree. And, and the reason I disagree is the numbers also bear it out. Let, uh, let me just talk about transit crime. I don't know if you take the subway, but transit crimes up 32 percent. And and it's and this, uh, this, this case I talked about the woman who was like grabbed by the neck. Um, but I'm happy, by the way, to hear that you feel safe in the city, at least in some places. But the fact that you're still looking over your shoulder That's not a good thing. And there's so many of these crazy random cases, which I just think I think people are getting more violent. And sadly, I think criminals are getting more emboldened. And it's the same ones doing it over and over again. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.